Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Watch it work for the first time ever. Because <laughs> I said something. Come on, baby. Look, it did. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Um, This week, we are at... Every week, actually, we have been dropping a bonus episode where we're scouting the other team. As that you know, on Tuesday nights, live at 9 p.m., we got the long-form show, and it gets crazy long. The calls, the arguments, all of that... The guests. So what I decided is each and every week we're going to be doing a scouting podcast. We're doing it this week, scouting the Saints with Alan Ulrich from Under the Dome podcast. Sometimes we get so focused on our own teams, we forget to look out. And I'm bringing back my old homie, Alan Ulrich, host of Under the Dome. And you guys are coming off a bye. You got to be rested and excited to be hosting the Panthers, I would think. I think so. Uh, how's it going tonight, Tony? Great. I um, I, uh, I I'm. This is gonna be an interesting week. We've um, we've struggled, as you don't no doubt know, the first five weeks of the season. Um, we had the Michael Thomas incident right before the uh, the Chargers game last Monday night. Can you tell um, me a little bit about that? Because I just heard he got in a fight with a teammate. What happened? Okay, so the news. On that Sunday before the Monday night game was that Michael Thomas was going to be suspended. And then it became it was suspended because of a fight. But it wasn't just a fight. He got into a verbal altercation with coaches. Well, then we find out after the game that it was Sean Payton he got into a verbal altercation with. So this is kind of dribbling out little bit by little bit. Um People were panicking because they're thinking we just paid him all this money and now he's fighting with the coaches. Is this going to be another Jimmy Graham, uh, Junior Gallette kind of situation? Are we going to screw ourselves with the salary cap and everything else? And Thomas's tweets on Twitter kind of made you feel like he wasn't taking responsibility for any of this stuff. Um, that he they're trying to make him out to be some kind of bad guy. Uh, but basically, the news today was the suspension is over with. Uh, he 
pulled a hamstring, but he should be good to go. But it's weird. It's just one more weird thing of 2020 we have to deal with. <laughs> you know, uh, the Panthers played the Bears last week, and mm-hmm. you know there were some different things that came out of the game. But there's been a player on our team that has, I don't know, is we've just we've wanted to be good, but he has not been as good as we wanted him to be, and that's our line, our outside linebacker. Um, Shaq Thompson, right? And he's a number one mm-hmm. draft pick. He was behind Luke Keekley. He was behind uh, Thomas Davis, ultimately. You get two great – you know, you just – and you thought, oh, this is perfect. They signed him to – they extended him over the offseason. Our linebacker core has not been great anyway. So you need him to be good. And he has just been whelming. You know, he's not been underwhelming or overwhelming. <laughs> uh, I like I like that word. I like yeah, that. it is. I mean, I'm telling you, he's been whelming. And uh, so the only thing, the my favorite part of the season for Shaq Thompson this past week, even though he didn't have a great game, is that him and Jimmy Graham were mouthing off to each other and he didn't back down. And I was like, yeah, if, he, if I said this on the podcast last night or the post game is if this guy backs down from bitch-ass Jimmy Graham, <laughs> I'm done with him. I'm done with him. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's classic. That's the old, classic. All right. I, I got to ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Which team has the invisible matchup this week? Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater's understanding of the Saints' defense and the Saints' team and organization, or – does the Saints defense have an advantage because they understand the Saints offense, which is ultimately what Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater are? <laughs> I, uh, that's a, co- that's a good question, man. You know, that's a that good is. question. That I spent a little while on that one, man. That is a very good question. Right now, the Saints secondary is the cure for any struggling offense because what? if they're not if they're not guarding you they are committing pass interference so that's true it, you guys do it, get a pass interference like every other play it's unbelievable i uh I, i'm that is probably the most frustrating part of this season so far you have is your defense two yes I was that's have, that's a little bit down on my question list, but yeah, no, well they're I'm, supposed I'm to be good. I started to believe in the Saints' defense, and they've been inconsistent. Well, here, here we go. So you've got two good corners. You've got uh, Marshawn Lattimore on the one hand, and you've got Janoris Jenkins on the other. We brought in Malcolm Jenkins, who was our former number one pick back in two thousand and nine. He wins a Super Bowl with us, wins a Super Bowl with Philadelphia, has an all-pro kind of career at Philadelphia. We bring him back to straighten out our defensive coverages and make sure we have good communication. Our communication in the defensive secondary now is worse than it was in 2014 to 2016 when we were going through all those 7-9 seasons. So it, it, it's maddening. Um, it seems like Marshawn Lattimore only cares about defending somebody. If it's a Mike Evans, a Julio Jones, an OBJ, 
somebody with a reputation for making defensive secondaries look bad, if it's just, and I'm going to throw out Panthers receivers, but it's just a Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore, you know, it's like he loses interest and it makes it easy to beat them. So to answer your question, yes, they should know this offense that you guys are running like the back of their hands. But when they show up on the field, especially the secondary, it looks like they've never seen an NFL game in their lives. And they're like, oh, what's this? We can't go and grab somebody? Am I supposed to cover him? Uh, it, it's, it's maddening. It is maddening. Wow. Um, okay. So what are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot because we're going to have to delve into that because I didn't expect, you know, usually people talk glowingly, but I can understand why you've been upset. And I'm telling you, I'm, I've been looking at the up and down struggles. I've been trying to pinpoint it from afar. The easy answer is to say Breeze's arm is a noodle, which oh is partially true. It's partially true, but I do think the defense has been a big part of the disappointment this year. And I'm yeah. glad you said that secondary because I, you're, they're supposed to be shut down right now. That's supposed to be a strength exactly. of the team, exactly. not a, the the weakest part. It should be covering up ultimately for Breeze's noodle arm on the other side, you know, where you don't have to get into shootouts and you don't have to try to come back. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, um, starter for, you know, drafted, I think, 20, it's around 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. goes to the Vikings, has that, the horrible leg injury. Then backup quarterback, I believe, for the Jets to the Saints. With the yep. Saints for two years, maybe. And yep. actually played a little bit last year. Um, so now the Panthers go out and extend a three-year deal to him he's a controversial subject let's just go ahead and tell you this is teddy bridgewater and it has nothing to do with him ultimately is the panthers chose him over cam newton and that has been a hard hard thing for our fan base and myself and this podcast to you know that's that's added to the teddy bridgewater equation right and that's not his fault right. but what are your thoughts on Teddy before we before I talk about him? <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, you mentioned Drew Brees' noodle arm. I had never heard of the yards in the air, a ball traveling as a stat until this season. And I think this game between Teddy and Drew, that's where this stat is going to be rattled around and brought up so much because – both guys throw, you know, the dink and dunk kind of offense, which is a traditional West Coast offensive style. You know, you use a short pass as an extension of the running game. So, you know, here you've got some people saying that they missed Teddy. They want Teddy back. Um, but at the same time, they're also well aware that Teddy, when he was here, did the same kind of thing. He would occasionally let it go deep, but his passes were all short five, seven-yard passes where the ball is maybe in the air five or five or six yards, and that's about it. It's a, it's a high-percentage safe throw, and it makes for boring football, but 
it works. Both of us are three and two, I believe. So, you know, it's it's a winning formula, but it's very underwhelming as far as when you look at a uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes offense or, you know, the kid we just played from the Chargers. Uh, what about Justin a Drew Herbert? Brees offense from nine years ago? Yeah, that too. You know, you go Would back you to- say that Drew Brees, though, has always been like that? And it's always been like this? I don't believe that. No. Teddy's 26. I, I, Drew Brees, it looks like he's got cancer. No, I'm sorry. That's a <laughs> terrible say. Uh, I mean, but he does it like he, he's, he looks older very quick all of a sudden. Yeah. In, well, in his face. A- so tell me this. is Has it always been like this for Drew Brees? It's two things. I think when you mentioned the, uh, t- the offense from nine years ago, 2011, you had much more of a vertical attack. You had a Jimmy Graham. You had a Darren Sproles. You had uh, Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Lance Moore, guys who, who stretched the field. You don't have that with this offense. Michael Thomas is a possession receiver, and he hasn't okay. even been on the team. You've got a 33-year-old Emmanuel Sanders who is crafty enough and quick enough to get open, but he's not the guy that's going to take it over the top. Um, You don't have that vertical offense. You've got a horizontal offense where it's all about yards after the catch. He's going to hit Alvin Kamara in the flat and let Kamara beat people in space, you know, and I think that's what you're seeing Joe Brady do with Teddy Bridgewater as well. So as a result, Given Breeze's age at 41, people think that well, he just doesn't have the arm strength to push it out there anymore. Do you think he can? Even if, it, like, say we gave you Robbie Anderson. Uh, or say we I gave think, you Teddy Bridgewater back. Uh, not Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Ted Ginn. Ted, Ted Ginn. Ginn is who I was thinking. Uh, like, think Ted Ginn three years ago. So here's yeah. the reason I'm leading you. I'm leading you, hopefully, to an yeah. answer. And the no, whole point is this, is Drew Brees is old. I get it. His arm's wearing mm-hmm. down. Our problem think, with Teddy Bridgewater, and it's not that we don't yeah. like him. We It's not that we don't like him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have what we see as the ability to beat you over the top. You're talking yep. about a team that doesn't have weapons to beat you over the top. In theory, we should be. We've got yeah. DJ Moore, we've got Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel, and we got Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson comes to the damn Panthers and becomes a possession receiver, and he's been great at it. And I'm not trying to take away any like saying that that's not been helpful to our team, but in some ways we wonder this: is you're saying you don't have the receivers to go over the top? We want to know why we have the receivers and we can't go over the top, and we just have resulted to this: is that Ted, Teddy Bridgewater protects, in theory, text, protects the football, moves mm-hmm. the fall, it moves the ball. It's underwhelming, but mm-hmm. it, it's going to get the job done. The problem is when you're behind. That's yep. tough. And the NFL doesn't always work in your favor. You're not always in front. No, no. And you're saying all the things I said when Teddy was on this team. Um, When we won those five games with Teddy, if you watch those games and break them down, the defense was playing lights out. The special teams was giving him unbelievable field position. We were winning a turnover battle, so we were getting short fields. So – all those things played in your favor, and you won five games with him. 
but he is not the quarterback who's going to push the ball down the field. He will always choose the high percentage throws, and that's just his nature. That's just the way he plays the game. I we I, I agree with that. I agree with everything you say. And the mm-hmm. question I I mean, it's not even a question. We just it's almost like a rhetorical question at this point because we've asked it so many times. And sure. that is 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 the reason he plays the game like that because he's conservative or because he can't play it the other way. And that's where we've been going nuts is that uh all right, so you go, oh man, the not we we've been very happy to a certain degree. It makes it sound like we're just whiny bitches every time. We're just no. complaining about everything. But he, it's like, oh, well, he's under duress. That's good. He didn't turn it over. You threw it four yards. Like, oh, that's wonderful. But then there's been times where it's like, he's got seven seconds back there. And guess what he did? Yep. He yep. threw it three feet. <laughs> I mean, three <laughs> freaking feet. One yard. Uh, you know I mean? It was just like, uh, yeah. oh, my God. So even And so we've, we've been pulling out all this tape, and it's been like, well, look at this one good throw. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't it just I don't feel like he can push it down the field he he has the ability but he chooses not to do it that's oh, the, that's the okay. best explanation I can give you uh, because we said uh, you, you're sounding just like the Saints in 2019 last season this is what Saints fans were saying you know you had the Teddy defender saying look he he's taking care of the ball. He's not going to make mistakes. It's going to cost you the game. He's, you know, he's putting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And then we're playing tape back on, look at this wide open receiver here. Look at this <laughs> wide open receiver here. Throw the damn ball. Oh, gosh. You know, Breeze you know, traditionally reads it deep to shallow. And Teddy goes shallow to deep. And ah. if it's like, if it's not perfect, if the guy's not wide open like college football, he is not going to put the ball deep like that. Because he can't take- get it there, man. When he throws the he- deep ball, it's got to touch the moon. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's got, like, mm-hmm. he just, and, I mean, I'm not trying to say I could go out there and do it better, folks. Like That's not the point. It's just no, when you no. see some other guys throwing. I, I feel like this is that Rodgers – reads uh-huh. sh- deep to shallow <laughs> yep right yep, is sure that, i mean it's like oh we got a flag chunk you know yep. um so anyway all right let me ask you this you've kind of already answered some of it but i wrote it down so i gotta ask you. <laughs> why are the saints not better i honestly i, I blame it on lack of training camp and OTAs and all those things. Grant, you know, Breeze has been running this offense for 15 years. But this, he is a creature of habit. In other words, he is the kind of guy who needs to get those reps in. Even if, I mean, you know this, you've heard the stories. And, you know, 2006 in the bye week, he was out there in a practice field and practiced for three hours throwing the ball to no one. You know, he is just going through the motions, the repetitions, and that's the kind of player he is. So him not getting that that, that work and these first four games of the season ended up being kind of like his preseason. 
I think that's where the rustiness is really showing on Drew, uh, especially the long time it took, because it took till the Detroit game, well, now it's three weeks ago, but the Detroit game back in week four before he started looking comfortable throwing to his receivers with the accuracy and touch that we're used to seeing. Um, and I think that has been the first thing. The second thing, injury to Michael Thomas. There's a reason why that guy caught 141 passes. Breeze trusts him over these other Imagine how many passes he would catch with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> like uh, he 400. Would catch, <laughs> yeah, he would. He would because you know, Breeze knows that, and Bridgewater would know that, Thomas is going to get open. You feel confident letting that ball go because he's going to figure out a way to position his body to get that ball or to keep it from getting intercepted. Um, so I think those two things really play a role in the slow start of the offense. Now, they have been scoring about 30 points a game, but it's been almost in a shootout fa fashion. It's been um, weird every time, right? So yeah. you, the in mm -hmm. the beginning, and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this up with another question. But you know the the yeah. defense scored against the Bucks a little bit that yeah. helped you guys. But then mm -hmm. in that um, was it the Vikings game? It, what what was the game where you guys went and Latavius Murray had like five touchdowns? Oh, um, was that the Vikings? No. Not not this year. Haven't had it this year. Was it? That was, no, Camaro, no, Camaro's got all touchdowns, though. No, they Camaro went somewhere had, and they were down early against. Uh, they were. They should have been. Where'd you get? Did you guys play the Vikings this year? I need not yet. We play. We play them at the end of Where the season. Play? We we play. Murray had a couple of touchdowns. We played against the, the somebody. Bucks. He played the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. We looked like crap. We couldn't cover okay. the tight end. Who was next after the Raiders? Then came the Packers, and that was okay. that. Uh, it was game. the Packers game, I think. Did yeah. he? Did Murray getting a? What did you guys win against the Packers? No, we lost. Uh, okay. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill fumbled oh, the ball, yeah. and that is the other issue that's going on with this I have offense. Your schedule and pulled up too. Why am yeah, I looking at it. Detroit was next. Detroit was next. We started out down fourteen nothing. That was game. the. That I think that's game. the game I'm thinking about. Yeah, and we scored five touchdowns the next five possessions. Yeah, so yeah. That, so you that, started down, and it looked like, oh, my God, the Saints are terrible. Yeah. And uh, you got to wonder, too, is that comeback really suggestive? Like, what is it? Is it recovering up your terribleness? Is it showing greatness? There's some interesting things there. <laughs> but I hear, I want to go back to one question about this. As you mm -hmm. said, that the four, you know, not having a preseason – is mm -hmm. got you know COVID requirements these this type of thing as yep. you see the Bucks seemingly hit stride this past week. Yeah, is that is there anything? What are your thoughts on that? It's a different team, I know, but I mean Tom Brady not looking good at the beginning. The defense gets a touchdown though, and all of a sudden they're ignited. Are they maybe yeah. starting to get past that? for the no preseason window themselves. Well, uh, you know, I, we should have beaten Green Bay, and that was the game that Taysom Hill fumbled, and our secondary couldn't stop cover <laughs> anybody. I hate that dude. Uh, yeah, and we, <laughs> we stop them. The next possession, we get the ball. We start driving, 
And Sean Payton put Taysom Hill in in place of Drew Brees. And this is a sore spot for a lot of fans right now. Yeah. Put I watched Taysom it. I Hill laughed. In. I laughed yeah. so hard at you. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I no. hate to be a dick, but I laughed. Well, you know, Taysom Hill is one of those things that it it's a fantastic play when it works. When it doesn't work, it's a disaster. And, that's and when it's there. a disaster, it's a disaster. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he fumbled the ball, and Green Bay got the ball back in our territory, went ahead and scored a touchdown, and put the game out of reach. We lost by 10. Um, yeah, that the, the issue right now, at least, that people are seeing – and I've kind of lost track of the question you asked me. Tampa before. Bay, are there, is Tampa Bay back? Or is Tampa oh, oh, Bay, that, uh, if the window that, is hitting you guys, yeah. if the no that, preseason window hits you guys, is, is Tampa Bay getting past it? Well, and that's that's why I was mentioning the Green Bay game. We had Green Bay on the ropes. I think Green Bay's weakness against stopping the run was evident in the Tampa game and evident against us. Because, okay. like you said, Latavius Murray was going crazy. Uh, and Alvin Kamara, I think, scored three touchdowns that night. Uh, so, you know, they were they were moving the ball at will when we ran the ball. Um, so I'm looking at Tampa thinking that they just figured out Green Bay early enough to bury Aaron Rodgers. I'm curious to see what happens when as the season goes on, because that was one of the few games that um, Tom Brady didn't throw a pick six. Um, Brady's been throwing a lot of pick six. messed up. He said it that's is. one of the few games he hasn't thrown. Well, first of all, he played six, but he has thrown like three this year. He threw one yeah, against and, you. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. It's been, and it's all been the same damn route. That yeah, kind of out, out route, and you're like, you ain't Cam Newton, bro. You can't throw that no more. Right, right, and that's one of the one of the core plays of Arians' offense. So, I, my prediction: he had the most interceptions he ever threw in a season, I think, was twelve uh, in his entire career. And I last year he threw eight, and I predicted before the season goes, he's going to throw sixteen in Arians' offense. Because he might throw eight pick sixes this year. Exactly. He Arians is going to, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. Arians is going to put that ball up in the air when he thinks he can get that match up, you know, and Brady being older than Drew. No one talks about his noodle arm, but Brady it's has, not oh, as noodle is. It's not. Yeah. As, it's not even close to his noodle is. Breeze's arm looks suspect work. right now, homie, yeah. from the outside. From the outside, I'm not saying I know what's up. It just doesn't look no. the same. Like it's like I, he can't do what his brain wants to do. He 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 double clutches and he thinks about that deep ball. He's always been short. It, it's the fact that he's short is a lo- has a lot to do with it. No, you know, it's just because he's 42 years old or whatever, dude. Well, That's but, what it has but, to do with it. You weren't saying that seven years ago. No, no, because I mean, you were saying he was short, but yeah, but seven (laughs) years ago, you had you had Charlie Evans and and uh, uh, call, yeah, but you could have Randy Moss don't running down there, he ain't gonna be able to get it to him. But being short, he's got to be able to to take a very deep drop 
to see the guys downfield and then having those two guards where he could slide up in the pocket and just really launch it because he's always had that weak arm, even going back to his Purdue days, but he could really launch it then, you know, and he doesn't do that anymore. And, you know, it's so many things working against him. And yes, time does take a toll on him. And yes, if you're not blessed with a strong arm to begin with, you are going to have trouble throwing the deep ball again. But what I was saying with Brady was Brady doesn't have the height limitations and stuff. It's just when he goes to throw that deep out, it's just going to hang in the air just long enough for somebody to jump on that ball. It doesn't come out like it would from a Patrick Mahomes or uh, sure, Lamar Jackson. Sure. I just don't it think that, it comes out smoking. any slower than breezes. That's my point no, right now. No, I think I, if I, I was going to look at one person, I would say this is I think Brady's, I mean, just arm it. Maybe it's height. Maybe it's leverage. Who knows yeah. why? I think it's got a little bit more zip here. A uh, good yeah. question here from my boy, Tim Tizzy. He said, ask about Kyler being short and slinging it. And, and yeah. Kyler Murray is so short. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Is that if but, the question, if Bru- if maybe Drew Brees was the tr- like uh, he broke the ceiling for short people in the NFL because hey, Kyler Murphy is the yeah. Murray is the shortest, but in some ways that affects his game. We had a Saints guest, on, I mean not a Saints guest, a Cardinals guest on a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was saying because he can't see over the pocket well, he yeah. tends to kind of drift outside and throw, yep. Yep. so he can see He's- around him. You know, so exactly. You got you got to find a passing window somehow to be able to see the guys downfield. Look at look at um, Russell Wilson. He's that's probably my candidate right now for NFL MVP this year, and he's short, but he can launch that ball too. Um, oh yeah, you know, dude, he's the those best. two guys. I hate that dude, but he's the best in the NFL. <laughs> he is. He he's is, and those two guys have much better arms than Drew, and they're younger than Drew. Uh, so if you you're blessed with a stronger arm and you're younger, of course you're gonna be able to make those throws better than Drew can, especially at 41 years old. Is this Drew's uh, last year? I believe so. I mean, he's already got it's the gotta contract. Be. Yeah, he's already got the contract locked up to take over Sunday Night Football from uh, I guess Chris Collinsworth. Uh, so that's that's probably a blessing. I want. I'd want. rather have Chris Collinsworth all day long over damn Drew Brees. <laughs> well, I don't know how he's going to do on uh, on as a analyst. I don't know if he's going to be more Tony Romo or if he's going to be more of a. He is not going to be Tony Romo. He had it like he didn't know black the... music existed a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, what? Well, I mean, it's a couple yeah. of months ago. What? I mean, I don't even remember the story, but that's just the way I remember it. Is oh, yeah. Drew Brees lives in New Orleans, helps all the people, but doesn't know that rap music exists. Oh, <laughs> what a dumbass! All right, uh, how about this? What do you think about signing Kamara to the big time deal? I think he's proven his worth this year. Um, I mean, he is the same. And he did that after now. he got the money, homie. Yeah, that's a big yeah. deal, isn't it? Is that not that a- is? Especially because they were all you actually had fans saying, "No, you don't pay that guy. He's going once he wants McCaffrey kind of money. He shouldn't get that kind what of money." What was his deal? Can you remember what about what was it? 
Uh, I think it's five years, um, twelve million a year or fourteen million a year, which is I think McCaffrey's sixteen, and he Kamara's like right below it. It's either fourteen or sixteen million a year. Um, but it was it was a lot of money. The most money they ever paid a running back, and there were a lot of people who were worried that we were going to pay a lot of money to him and not have any money left for anything else. Uh, but he's proven his worth. I mean, that's going to be your guy to stop this week. Um, because if you can handle Kamara in the passing game and the running game, that's your best chance of winning. The reason I asked you about that is because the Panthers extended Christian McCaffrey over yeah. the past over the past off season. Mm-hmm. And it was the a lot of people have wondered why the extension came. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it should come, but then you're jettisoning Cam, jettisoning Cam, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, we're gonna sign our the one face that we know. That was also yeah. helpful. You know what I'm saying? It was. It was helpful yeah. for us to latch on to a player that we didn't know anybody else during. And Christian McCaffrey is so multiple and dynamic, but the argument and and look, I'm a, a closet Kamara fan like crazy because mm-hmm. I pick, I drafted him in a dynasty fantasy league in the fourteenth <laughs> round, bro. And we get wow. to keep these players for five. I get to keep him through. This is the last year I get to keep him, and I well, have. And it's just been a, a it's been so awesome, and it's especially this year where it's a tough, tough fantasy league. Anyway, so I'm a closet Camara fan, uh-huh. and but here the the argument that comes with Panther fans, and and I think it's a legitimate one from the detractors, is that look as Christian McCaffrey's been out, we get this Mike Davis dude, and, and by the way, I was listening to some different Saints podcasts prepping for tonight. And mm-hmm. some people are acting like Mike Davis is a fool on y'all. And it's not on y'all's show. Like, I was bouncing around a bunch of radio and some different things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait a second. These cats don't watch the Panthers at all. I understand. You watch your own team only. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis, though, has been beating ass, homie. He has been a sledgehammer. And he did get a little um, nick, you know what I'm saying? He got a flat tire mm-hmm. last week with an uh, ankle mm-hmm. or something like that. But my point is, is that when, when Mike Davis comes in, he's this guy that you picked up off the street who's been earning who's earning his weight, though. People start to say, man, is it, is it wise to build your salary cap around a running back like Christian McCaffrey? That's kind of why I ask you with the Kamara. Is Kamara is dynamic, just like Christian McCaffrey? You think it's you think it's okay going forward with the question marks surrounding Drew Brees? Yes, because you've got a like. You keep reminding me, he's a forty-one-year-old quarterback. Um, this will probably so be his old. last season. Yeah, it's probably be his last season. Um, you you. You need a weapon on your offense. The Panthers are in a position where they're rebuilding this team, and it's going to be a completely different-looking team three years from now. Although Christian McCaffrey is going to be the core of that offense, 
I would not be surprised to see a new quarterback, new offensive lineman, you know, new tight right. end. Yeah, all, no, all we need all of it. Yeah. So, you and know, you have you Christian McCaffrey lot. for one or two years at that point, and it's a back end, and it's like, right. thank you. Thank you for your service. Exactly. Exactly. So you need someone to keep you competitive. I think the Saints are entering after this season will be entering that transition period where you're going to need a face of the offense and like it or not, Alvin Kamara is going to be the face of your offense for right now, because whoever your quarterback is post post Drew whether it's, you know, Taysom Hill, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, just uh, throwing names out there. Uh, if the Jets jettison Sam Darnold, if the Saints draft a quarterback uh, like, the name I keep hearing is the North Dakota quarterback, uh, North Dakota State quarterback. Oh, I don't want to hear yeah. none of that shit. The Trask, know, the Trask, yeah, but, and this and that. I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I know it's not you. I keep hearing it too, and I keep going. Is North Dakota State with Wentz and this like the quarter? What is it where they say is right. it DBU? Is 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 right. what is who's defensive back or you know? It's like yeah, I don't exactly. believe that shit at all. I don't. I'm not I'm not that person either because college football, as you no doubt saw, and look at how Joe Burrow is doing over there in Cincinnati. You know, college football and pro football are light years apart as far as for the quarterback, how long it takes to develop. And you mess up on the draft, drafting the wrong guy at quarterback, you set your franchise back five years easily, easily. Because if you just look at the Washington Redskins, for example, you know, they bring in guys left and right. And I'm sorry, Washington football team. I'm still calling it the old name. It's but okay. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. say Indian style. Actually, I never they... say Indian style because I don't <laughs> But uh, that's what I but, call yeah. it. But in the Jets, too, another one. You know, you just look at those teams over and over and over again who get bad quarterbacks in the draft, you know, and how much they set their team back. So, you want to find a guy who can at least be, and this is the good news with Teddy Bridgewater, can at least be a caretaker for your offense, not make the mistakes, keep you competitive while you sit there and search for the franchise guy you're going to put in that spot, and boom, you're set for the next 10 years. Um, so, if you, you know. If you got to throw a deep pass, are you guys bringing in Jameis Winston? No, no. Would you be You'll better see, with Jameis Winston? Only if I want to risk an interception or a turnover. Uh, I don't trust Jameis Winston at all. He got and LASIKs, if, homie. He can see. Uh, it's not the eyes I worry about. It's the decision-making process. He couldn't uh, see he, anything. He was just throwing to blobs down the field before. <laughs> he, he had uh, LASIKs. He, could, he was nearsighted. Yeah. I know, I know, but it's crazy. You know, yeah, I'm like, what? How are you? That's crazy. But, but you know, you and don't... look, and the only reason it makes it makes me laugh is because my son is nearsighted, and uh -huh. we didn't know until he was like seven because he could read fine. He would be like reading these books like nobody's business, and I'd be like, yeah. oh man, my man's eyes are just fine. Nope. You know what? The hard part catching a fly ball. <laughs> really <laughs> well i mean if you think about it you know what i'm saying yeah. because nearsighted you can't see far away it's strange but you well, can't see far away so but you don't know you're nearsighted until you know uh -huh. 
You've lived that way your whole life. My son didn't realize he didn't have good eyesight. He was just like, oh, this is just a word. I can't see the sign yet. I can't see the stop sign yet. Well, Jameis uh, Winston might be the greatest quarterback ever now because he can see downfield. He can (sighs) see which receiver's jersey is which now. No, you would think he'd at least be able to tell the colors apart. He's not colorblind, though. (laughs) It just looked like blobs. It just looked like blurriness down there. He was just throwing into blurs, bro. Oh, man. uh, I don't know. I don't know. My youngest daughter uh, has, has, I think she's nearsighted as well. Her best basketball game, ironically, was the – day she didn't wear her glasses in the game at all i said how did you make all these baskets she said just threw the orange blob at the uh at the other orange blob up in the air and it made it in (laughs) so it was one of those kind of things but i don't know i don't know winston will be winston's got a one-year deal a lot of saints fans want him to be the future quarterback um We'll see. That was that's the other bad part about not having preseason. We haven't seen what he would look like running this offense, and that that's why I, I always say I don't know who the quarterback of the future is going to be. I, I really don't know. Uh, so right now, signing a guy like Kamara, signing Michael Thomas, getting those pieces together, your offensive line and so forth, getting all that together. So if you got to have a caretaker in there to replace Breeze you at least have a lot of talent around him. And that that's, I think is the step this, the same to preparing this year. I don't, I don't believe this year's Super Bowl bust anymore. I think they'll probably with the extended playoff uh, format, I think they got a really good shot of getting back to the playoffs. I think they're going to be very competitive with winning the division for fourth time, which no one in our division has ever done. You guys won it three times. We've won it three times, but no one's ever done it four times in a row. And with Atlanta being, you know, a tire fire over there, mm. even Raheem Morris is so awesome. Over. Yeah, it's so oh, great. It's like the best I, thing. It's, it, it, I, it's I like when you start that. almost feeling bad for him, you know, that's like crazy. And that's I, I how good it what is. I saw. <laughs> the, the, the Dallas game. I thought I'd seen it all, but the Dallas I thought the game Bears game was even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you let it happen again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. It, it it's like you could be up by 100 and still lose. I don't know how oh. you do it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, find, they'll find a way. They'll oh, find it's a way. Awesome. All right. Uh, what's the injuries with your team real quick? Okay. Uh, the first injury report came out today. A lot of the guys who were injured um, – Past couple of weeks, Norris Jenkins, uh, Dante Harris, kick returner, those guys all practiced in full, but a left tackle, Teron Armstead, was out with a hand injury. Um, one of our backup guards was out, although he's been starting a lot, Nick Easton. Um, I mentioned Michael Thomas's ha- hamstring injury. Uh, so, so far, no- nothing looks like that anyone's going to be out yet. But it's there's still a couple of nicks for some key starters. All How right. about you guys? What's y'all's injury report look like? Oh, okay. So um, we saw that's the worst thing you could ever bring up with us right now. Um, number really? one is that, yeah, and we actually had a COVID scare yeah. somehow. Is that nobody is tested or not? I won't say nobody. That's not true. Um, someone 
some mythical person that has interacted with three or four people on the team tested positive. So we have these players who have not tested positive, but through contact tracing have to be put on the COVID list, I guess. Yeah. One of those being our damn field goal kicker, which is the craziest thing. Like, I mean, Joey Slat has not been the greatest field goal kicker in the history of the world, but it's already hard enough when you got your guy. I don't know what they're going to do there. Christian McCaffrey still out. Uh, There's an offensive lineman, two offensive linemen that have also been COVID through contact tracing, benched. Um, Curtis Samuel has been out with a knee, so we'll be looking to see if he's back. Dante Jackson has had problems with an ankle and a toe every game. Even when he plays, he comes out every other play. And it's oh, been a man. mess. So Dante Jackson, who is five ten, he's actually probably the least important corner against you this week because you guys can't throw past ten yards either. Um, <laughs> but he's like a like. I mean, this is we got Rasul Douglas on the outside, which is cool. He's actually been fantastic for picking him up off the streets from you know the Philadelphia Eagles streets. So the the injuries have been problematic for the Carolina Panthers. I'm trying to think are there any other big ones? We lost KK Short for the season 2 weeks ago. Wow. So yeah, is the Panthers have been dealing with a lot of injuries, but they've been getting through them too. They have been cycling the next dude a lot. They have Oh, here's the one to watch this week. I will tell you this. Okay. Christian McCaffrey was out has been out and it and it looks at this point why the Panthers know their limits this year. Like I think we're all excited that they could win. We want them to win each week. It's great to see them competitive. It's great to see the coaching staff have a team that doesn't look like a shit fire, right? So we're all like I'm not rooting for them to be bad, but there are limitations just based on the circumstances. Christian McCaffrey, I don't think they're trying to ultimately rush Christian McCaffrey back, right? Right. Is why would you, is that, yes, do you want great players? Do you want this? But you don't want to bring him back too early. Mike Davis, this guy has been a juggernaut, dude. Pound Mm -hmm. for pound, like better, like as good as, um, who was the running back who went from Michael Turner? That's who he reminds me of, is Michael Turner a little bit. I mean, he just, bludgeons people to death he came out of the game he's gonna play i bet you he plays Mm -hmm. but he's dealing with some sort of calf or ankle and you could tell it hindered him a little bit in his gameplay and when he wasn't able to go out every play the panthers were not good so depending upon mike davis like if you watch the game this week and mike davis looks like damn who was the guy? The the guy that um, the he the sledgehammer. It's like an old folklore. John Henry. If oh, Mike oh, oh. if Mike yeah. Davis is John Henry and you in the first quarter, you in trouble. If he ain't, uh, well, we got you know what I'm saying. And like I don't I won't yeah. say you're in trouble, but that's the thing to no, watch no, no. is if he's doing that, if he is sledgehammering. Okay, we got a pretty good 
Now, I won't say have a good chance, but that's a good sign. That's the injury to watch. If he's not effective, I think there's an injury behind the scenes that are also limiting him a bit. Well, we've got that streak of 48 consecutive games, not giving up a 100-yard rusher. That doesn't mean we haven't given up 100 wow. yards rushing, just not one Just to player. one person. Yeah. Um, and we have struggled more with running backs who can take it to the outside, get out on the flanks, and turn it upfield, running along the sideline. If, you, if your guy is a between-the-tackles runner, He's going to have trouble because oh, okay. they're very they're very good at taking away that inside running game. Um, you might get a couple of plays where you get some good yardage or they catch you in the wrong defense or whatever, but they've been good about getting to the running back early and making the quarterback beat you. The problem is they <laughs> some quarterbacks are able to beat us, you know, like an Aaron right. Rodgers. Uh, so yeah, that that's well. He didn't beat this uh, whoever the Tampa last week. So, all yeah, right, how about no. this? Is the Saints are last thing? Let's finish this up. Saints, yeah, minus seven and a half favorites. Wow, big time that's right cool. there. Fifty-one over under. What are your thoughts about the line here? I think that's way too many points. I don't. I think it's going to be a three-point game. Honestly, wow. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, if the Panthers start out hot early, it's going to be a back and forth kind of game. If the saints jump out early on them, then I think the Saints can roll the Panthers, but that hasn't been on the way we played this season. We have allowed teams to score on us first and we're constantly playing catch up all game. And, it's taken us at least until about halftime, maybe into the third quarter, to really start looking like the Saints should look. So that, to me, the first quarter... First, Could this be a low-scoring game? I don't see why it wouldn't be sometimes, because my attitude about you guys is if we can limit you guys to drives that you have to set up for field goals, we should win that kind of game. Because yeah. I don't, those are the I games we've lost. By the way, every yeah. game we've lost, we've just kicked field goals. Right, and that's that's. I think that's the formula for success. Our defense will bend, don't break, don't give up a lot of scores in the red zone. The problem is our defense has been terrible in the red zone. So oh, we're you know, well, oh, don't worry, we've been worse in the red zone yeah. on offense. So yeah. good news there. Yeah, so it, it's the movable object meeting the resistible force in this case. <laughs> So we'll see what breaks. You know, like you, you had your whelming. That's my thing. You uh, know? Yeah, yeah, that's it, interesting. So that's that's going to be the key in this game. If the Saints come out hot, start jumping on them early, and then forcing Teddy Bridgewater to beat you with his arm uh, by pushing the ball downfield, then the Saints have a great chance. If Davis can start running the ball effectively, and Bridgewater can use the play action. He can run out of the pocket and do his little things and score in the red zone. Then it's going to be a tough game for us. That's just Who how wins? I see it. Who wins? I, I'm going to go with the Saints just because they're my team. Uh, I think we need this game um, because the position we're trying to stay, stay in, keeping up with Tampa Bay versus where you guys are, where you, you're in the – 
first year new coach. We are three and three though. We're right there. No, no, you're right there. And I think you guys are getting a lot of success early, but I don't think you guys aren't really, if you get to the playoffs, great. But if you don't get to the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. You're like, Hey, we didn't have some Christian McCaffrey. We're rebuilding first year. I agree. Our expectations are a lot higher. So that's why I think they need this game. I think you guys get the game at the end of the year. Uh, I think that's the game y'all. I don't know if we get either, but I would say this: I'm picking the Saints for one reason, and one, I mean, I want to pick the Panthers every week, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, Bears coming off of a Thursday night game with additional days of rest, Saints with the bye week. Panthers having this COVID protocol stuff that is interrupting things as well as the litany of injuries. This could be a three. I, I think this could be a difficult three week stretch for the Panthers Bears, saints. And then next, who was it next this is like the chiefs or something. Oh God. Yeah. You know, it's just like awful, but we're coming off a Thursday night and it's just not, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, or we're going into it there. It's just awful. So I'm picking the Saints based on that. And actually, I probably would even take the points because, like, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's, I hope it's close, but I think those factors are weighing in the favor of the Saints. Anyway, all right. Uh, Alan Ulrich, uh, tell them wh- where they can find your work at, my man. Okay, man. Y'all can find us on. On Facebook and under the dome on me on Twitter. Uh, it's my name, but at 79 saints on Twitter. Um, you can find us on YouTube under the dome podcast. We're on every Tuesday night, eight o'clock central time. Uh, so, so same uh, time we're, we're competing podcast. Don't worry. Yes. Yes. But it's not like we're competing for the same audience. Right. That's why the best part (laughs) about YouTube, you go back and see what we did last night. Um, we're eight o'clock on Tuesday nights, though, so um, that's uh, that that's probably the best way to find us. I do a good, bad, and ugly on Facebook uh, immediately after the game. If I take too it's long, always uh, very thorough. You should check it out, folks. If you want to watch a Saints yes, fan whine too long and text, cry, <laughs> yes, it, it'll be on, it'll be under it'll be in the Under the Dome podcast uh, uh, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, if I take too long to put this good, bad, and ugly up, I'm getting text messages from friends like, "Where is it? We want to read this." You I know, know. So I know it's I, wonderful. I, I read it I, a lot. I I put a lot of humor in it, so you know, it, it, even though if you don't like the Saints, it still should be funny. I try and make jokes. I got jokes. <laughs> so I got jokes. All right, check out Alan Ulrich under the Dome podcast. Thank you for your time tonight. Don't forget. C3 Panthers podcast here live 9 p.m. Tuesday nights, Eastern Standard Time. Wednesday, we put up Picking with the Professor as well as like this show right here, Scouting the Opponent. It change the name changes each week. It doesn't have a cool name yet. And uh, we got the post game show. Don't forget the number is 252-228-5098. Don't be a schmuck and smack that that thumbs up button. Tell somebody that's a fan about either one of these teams about this show. And until then, keep pounding. Thanks so much, Havin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.